Welcome to the Canon Combos podcast. I'm your host, Jared Singh, and today we have something a little different. Typically, we are talking to quite established photographers. However, I thought it would be a nice change of perspective to get some insights from somebody more in the emerging stage of their career. So we have Sienna Kitchener, who is an 18-year-old videographer and photographer and recent member of the Canon Redstraps mentoring program. So we talk a bit about that and how Redstraps has helped build her confidence and introduce her to a community. And we also talk about the challenges of tackling this industry as a young person, as well as some of the passion projects she's working on at the moment. So it's a really interesting one from a new angle. I think in particular, young people at the earliest stages of their career will get a lot out of this one. So enjoy this chat with Sienna Kitchener. So today on the show, we have Sienna Kitchener. How are you going? I'm going good. How are you? I'm great. It's bright and early here in Perth. Um, you know, <laughs> you guys have recently moved to three hours ahead of me, which is uh, really difficult and <laughs> making me get up earlier and earlier for these <laughs> podcast recordings, but it's all right. <laughs> That's all right. At least uh, you don't have restrictions, so... That is true. I will take that trade-off um, any day. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, this is a little different, this uh, today's episode, because normally we are talking to quite established photographers uh, who have, you know, spent decades in their career and, and in the industry, which has been awesome and insightful. But I thought today it might be great to talk to someone like you, who is only 18, and in the kind of earlier stages of your career and, and making your way through the industry now. And the value in that, I think, is, I don't know, I find that as established photographers, myself included, and the people I have previously talked to in the podcast, we have the tendency to perhaps have a rosy <laughs> look at the past and... <laughs> the challenges that have come along the way and the way that things have worked out. And it's really easy to look back in hindsight and say, yeah, like, of course I did that thing there. That led to that and that led to that. Um, and you kind of glaze over what it actually felt like at the time and facing some of the hurdles and challenges. And at the time, you have no idea if it's going to work out, you know, 10 years down the track. So it's a... It's a <laughs> It's, uh, I'd love to talk to you who's like kind of in the thick of it now and kind of working your way through. Slowly but surely, slowly but surely. <laughs> All right, so you're only 18, um, which already you've got a head start on most of the people that I know. I only picked up a camera when I was 21, so you're already three years ahead of me. Um, but <laughs> why don't you let me know and let, let our listeners know uh, your journey in photography so far what you love about photography and why you've chosen to pursue it as a career and sorry videography as well which I believe you you work in both yeah, yeah so I like ever since I was little I liked to document different things so like I remember in year five I used to go down to Penrith where I'm from and used to take my little um mini camera and go take photos and then I'd put it on a PowerPoint slideshow and just show everyone and everyone was sick of it by the time I had um finished primary school but then I got I was 12 when I started like shooting properly and started like doing mini photo shoots and there was no like 
technical side at all. Like manual was the scariest thing I'd ever done. But I would make like mini videos and stuff like that and post on my Instagram and stuff like that. And people started really liking that. And then like my dad does professional fishing, so he makes movies and stuff like that. So I used to always watch the behind the scenes and just be so intrigued because there's so much that goes on behind and you're able to capture something and share it to different people and like motivate them to to do what they like and what they're watching. So I really enjoyed doing that. So then I was about 15, 16 when I got a 600D. I saved up with my own money and bought it and I was just so excited. So I started shooting. People started recognizing that like I'm, I'm actually all right. Like I learned manual and it was pretty good. I'd go on trips over to um, Europe to see my family over in Italy and that was awesome. And then And then I think it was 2019 and I was like, okay, like I'm giving up on this. This is so, so hard, like so difficult because as a young person, it's so hard to get in um, and put your foot in the door and try and become established. So I would just, I was just giving up. I was like, this is too hard. Like I can't make a career out of it. And then, and then I got a call from Matt and from the Red Straps and he said, like, we really, really love your stuff and we basically want to want to help you continue your journey as a photographer and videographer and I was like oh my gosh like to be recognized and as a young person especially like I've been doing wedding videography since I was 16 and I've received so much slack about it and everything and because I'm a female and I'm also young so people don't believe in you and to have someone from a like representing a brand like Canon who is so this massive massive company it's just I was just like someone believes in me so it really motivated me to keep going on and and actually push myself and the red straps program just completely pushed me and then now I'm 2020 just graduated school and I've started doing wedding videography full-time as my permanent job and it's just it's incredible but it's been so hard like it's crazy wow what a journey <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to me exactly what the Red Straps program is? So it's a it's a program that's uh, run by Canon. Well, the Red Straps program is a program for the youth of the industry to sort of expand their knowledge, help them out, like build up their career and just educate them from a point of view of someone who's already established in the in their career. So basically, I started I was one of, I think, I don't know how many people we had. I think we had just under 20 people in the 2019 program. So that was the first program that ever run. So it was a little bit different to this year because this year they had um, a Facebook group and they just, every single, like there were so many people there. So they would help every single person, which was amazing because you could connect to more people. But when I did it, we just had a small little group and we all were so, so lucky to receive um, Canon R's when they first like came out so it was just like wow oh my gosh this is so different and we tried the RF um, lenses as well and then yeah so each I think it was each month we got a new um, brief and so they give you these briefs and they tell you like what what they want from you how many images or how long of a video so you can sort of um, get an idea of what it's like when you get briefs from companies and all that kind of stuff. And then after that, we'd all submit it and we would do individual calls on, um, I don't even think 
Zoom. I don't even know if Zoom existed when we did it, but it was something like Zoom and we would just call and discuss on how we can improve what they liked. And it was such a good group because we all build each other up and like I'm still friends with everyone from that group, which is incredible because they're all so awesome and it's so good the red shots program because you're able to connect with people who are really really good videographers and photographers and they're young as well so they can relate to how your um like your journey and how you're feeling and you can sort of bond over that because like I've talked to people like you and Matt and Aaron and they're all established but to be able to have someone else that can relate to it especially coming from a small town where I'm from where no one else really does photography and videography was just amazing because they inspire you so much so it was such a good and beneficial program. Sounds awesome I actually had something like that back when I was starting out (laughs) I I guess yeah you know twofold so you have some established um mentors to help you and guide you through through the industry and the challenges that you face there but as well and I I think probably more important is is having that community that you described and having people around you oh yeah uh, like-minded people you're all interested in the same thing you're all facing the same hurdles uh and I assume you're Mm -hmm. at a a kind of a similar level and that's invaluable you know it's actually really important and hard to find that I was lucky because in my as I was learning photography, I I was at um, I was staying on campus at university, so I had a lot of people around me, and not necessarily people interested in photography, but I just had people around me that were keen and interested in helping me out as you know subjects, or mm-hmm. you know would go on little trips with me, and then that extended through into the early days of Instagram. You're probably too young for this now, which is funny to say you're too early. To, you're too young for the early days of Instagram. But back in the day, there was a thing called Instameets. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. But um, Really? I've we, not heard of that. Are you serious? Or are you, or are you just joking? Instameets? No, I have not oh heard of Instameets. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Really sure. That, that's crazy to me. Okay. Well, around you know, 2013 to 2015 or 16, that was the golden age for Instameets. And um, basically, it was just a photography meetup. Uh, but everybody knew each other from Instagram. So, maybe a well-known Instagrammer. And there weren't that many back in the day, <laughs> especially photographers. <laughs> you know, you would organize, okay, we're all going to meet on uh, at Bondi Beach on this day. Everybody come. And then everybody... Yeah, got together and they brought the cameras and you would just take photos and create stuff totally for fun and just oh, to that's meet people awesome. which is I i'm actually yeah, not sure why it um ins- why it kind of died out uh it's you, you know people don't really do that anymore but it was it was a thing <laughs> that's so funny yeah because i got instagram in 2013 but i was posting like reposting all these like images from the internet that included like rainbows and like unicorns and stuff like that. I was 11 at the time and I did not hear about <laughs> that. But that sounds, I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not uh, meeting strange people on the internet at 11, which is a good yeah, call. Probably not say. at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those kind of things were great too because you would be introduced mm-hmm. into a community of people that liked doing the same thing. And that's like the first step, you know, as much as photography is a solo endeavor most of the time uh 
um, having people you can talk to and people you trust and can go on shoots and adventures together and you'll have a common goal and, and having this, I guess having a group that you can turn to and do things with that, that isn't work. That's really great too. You know, you meet so many people through work um, and you collaborate on, on shoots and campaigns and, you know, that's one thing. But to have people that will just, will just go out for fun and go for a photo walk or something like that, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's key ingredient, yeah. I think, to kind of, you know, ha- just having that support crew and community to get you through. Because there's so much that's so unknown and especially as a freelancer and sole trader, you come up, you, you, you go straight into unknown situations all the time. Even, even, like, mm. even now, I, I find myself in, in scenarios where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here and I have no one around me to kind of give me the direction. It's just I'm just going to have to figure it out myself. I'm just going to have to pick, <laughs> pick something to do, <laughs> pick a decision, hope it's the right one. How, so, have, so how else have um, has your community helped? Have, have you, what kind of things have you done outside of the program, but with the people you met through it? Um, so we all got to meet up down at down in Melbourne when the program finished, which was awesome. So we finally got to meet each other, and Caden flew us all in, which is amazing. Like we never could have imagined that. So after that, yeah, we've all really just like I've only kept in contact with like probably like half of them just because life gets in the way and like we were all going to plan to do like a meetup at one stage but then COVID happened and so everything just shut down. We couldn't do anything which sucks so much because we like were all so excited but now that everything's reopening like um, I've organised with a few people just to meet up like probably fly down to Sydney or down to Melbourne at some stage which would be amazing but really it's just everyone just continues to like message each other on Instagram just say wow this is amazing like I love this so much and it's really just that boost of confidence that you need because I know sometimes when I submit work I'm just like this is just I don't I don't think this is the best I can do but then people are out there going oh my gosh this is amazing like that's so good and it really just reassures you that like you're doing good like just because you aren't established in that industry doesn't mean you can't produce work that people think is amazing so it's just been really amazing but I know that I joined um, the 2020 Red Straps group just to sort of get an insight on what that was like I was talking to Matt about it and everything and I know that a lot of people on there were meeting up with each other and taking photos like because there's a wider group so there was heaps of people in Sydney heaps of people in the Gold Coast and they would message and do the something like an insta meet <laughs> and um and start taking photos which is amazing because to be able to build those connections and network is just the most important thing and the most beneficial thing for everyone and i suppose as well having a group of people to give you feedback like you mentioned and constructive criticism that's really important as well because you can't count oh, yeah, on that from family and friends because they're always going to say that your work is amazing no matter what, yeah. which is a great confidence yeah. boost. But at, at some point you realize mm, it starts meaning less and less if someone's just going to say you're incredible with every single shot. So having photographers yeah, exactly. cast a, 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 like a critical eye on your work, that must be great too. 
Oh, yeah, definitely, because it's people who have a little bit more knowledge into that industry and they don't have that emotional attachment to you. So they can just say, like, look, this is amazing. I think you should work on that. And I go, okay, well, like, that's it's different when it comes from family and friends. And so it's just been amazing to have that thing to help build up my um, knowledge of camera gear like I have no idea half of the things on my camera still I just point and shoot note for the best and set it on the lowest f spot so like it's awesome to still learn and because yeah, I'm only young so building that knowledge is just amazing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> as somebody who's in the thick of it at the moment I wanted to ask what role do you think a camera plays with the younger generation now because I can definitely see see it shifting cameras are much more accessible than they used to be and as we talked about social media we talked about the perils of social media but also the, the there are also positives and i think and especially tiktok i think is an amazing creative platform you know if i was going to talk, sing any praise about a social media platform i think tiktok i see people unleash their creativity there and it's celebrated instagram facebook you know there's just too much self-promotion and it's quite boring. Open up TikTok and it's quite mm -hmm. overwhelming because people are so mm -hmm. creative. People are doing like, <laughs> amazing things on there. So what do you think that, uh, how do you think cameras are being viewed and, and used by young people at the moment? Well, I think, yeah, it is definitely shifting. Like people, people can open up their phone and access portrait mode and they're producing portraits not as good as a camera would produce but pretty good portraits on their phone and so they don't feel like they need to use that camera and I know a lot of people um, have been using their phones for that creative sort of thing but I think a camera will never be can never be replaced by a phone I think the quality of a camera can never be replaced by a phone because I know I've popped open open portrait mode and gone Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> my camera can do so much better than that so I think definitely for the younger generation when they're starting out or even just to take these amazing creative photos and videos it's an amazing tool for young people to be able to show what they can do at high quality but through social media like TikTok and stuff like that but I think definitely a camera is still such a significant part personally because I know that I've used, I started on film um, when I was really young and it was just such a, like, it was such a beautiful thing and to be able to have a high, a really high quality image with different lenses and all that kind of stuff. I don't think a camera could ever die out in its relative. So what do you say to a young person who wants to start creating uh, photos, videos, uh, content what do you say to that person who who tells you why should I why should I get a camera I've got my phone so it's a really hard situation because cameras are expensive they're very they're expensive and if you want to get a good camera it is very expensive but if you want to be serious in the industry you need a camera because it's just that added level of being professional and it's a harder process but it's so much more rewarding and you can produce such high quality images through a camera. So although you can produce these beautiful photos on your phone, you'll never be able to match that beautiful image that you get produced after shooting on a camera. 
Especially. And like we were talking about before, social media is super overwhelming. Phones are so accessible. Everybody is creating hordes of content. A way to stand out and a way to, to get noticed. If you want to get above that noise, shooting with a great camera and creating premium looking images and video, that is a way to stand out. And yes, it is a harder process, like you said. But if, if you want to, to, you know, just be that cut above the rest, you do need to invest in, in good equipment. So you mentioned in uh, 2019, you were facing a lot of headwinds and you were close to abandoning the photography dream. What kind of challenges were you facing <laughs> or why did it, why was it so Well, I still face um, these challenges today. Yeah, well, like for like an example of a more relevant example in 2020 is like I it was three months ago and I was just like this is just I can't do this like this is just so hard because as a young person and you're not as established as everyone else like yeah I have like connections to Canon and they've helped me so much but you still don't have that establishment to be able to have like companies pitching to you and saying look I really want to hire you so you're sort of scrambling and searching for jobs so it's really hard when you're young and you're trying your best you're putting everything out there for everyone and you're not receiving that recognition even though people say like oh like you're really really good like your work's amazing it's so good but you're not receiving that sort of um confidence of people saying look I love your stuff I want to hire you I want to pay you instead of you having to put yourself out there and say give me give me jobs give me jobs so I think not having like not having that is just so demoralizing but for me like in the past three months I literally just sat down one day I was talking to my dad and I was just like okay I've got to do this I'm going to start scrambling for jobs and eventually once I'm established I'll have that but it's really hard to get over those mountains because you see like so many people established people doing so well and you're like why can't I get there like like my work seems to be as good as theirs but you're still not getting there so it's just it's a little hard it's a little hard but you just have to push through like that that's my biggest thing I just had to push through that sort of drought of creative like of creativity and just try and try my hardest to get there and don't forget that you are 18 years old (laughs) yeah yeah exactly I don't want to sound like I'm sure people say this to you all the time I don't want it to sound patronizing at all but um Mm. You are at the very, very, very beginning of your career. If you if you landed oh, one yeah. photography job, you are already doing better than me at eighteen because I I hadn't even started. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, it, I yeah, guess yeah. when you're in the moment, I guess this is what we were talking about before. You know, I, as you're living it and you're facing these challenges, uh, in the short term, yes, you know you're coming up against things and it's kind of in your face and it can be discouraging. But when you take a longer view and you start thinking, you know, five years ahead, um, any yeah. small incremental progress at this stage of your career is is just it's just going to keep going yeah. that way. It's not like, you know, when you take a longer view, any any sm- any challenge that you're facing now, as long as you're making 
steps to keep pushing forward and you know you might face some things and then get a bit discouraged but then you just keep going over time it compounds you know and you make yeah and then, exactly and then at some point you look back yeah, and, and like, I, wow wow look at these actually over you know year two years three years there's actually been giant leaps it just didn't seem like it at the time yeah and I think like I think for me as well like I was seeing people that were just a little bit older than me but hadn't been in the industry as long as me like I've been I've been doing photography as I said since I was like 15 16 like I was a part of the Canon Red Straps when I was 16 and one of the youngest members there and I think seeing me not getting many jobs but then people who were out of school at that time like with more free time getting jobs I was just like but I've been doing this for so much longer like I don't understand and my work Mm. is is really good so I think it, it gets in your head once you once you're in that little rabbit hole and everything's building up and you're just like I don't have this gear I don't have that gear like I can't afford to do this I I think I had to ground myself a bit more and go like I'm just in school like I'm still in school (laughs) these people are out of school they have jobs they're getting money and all this kind of stuff so I think the best thing is just trying not to get in like get in my head like that's that's the hardest the worst thing for me (laughs) is it getting in my head of me going oh my god (laughs) Mm. I mean I guess that's just part of the human condition as well you know just just seeing seeing other people make uh you know perceived big returns uh, on what they're doing and that you're not getting and it's very similar to you know the investments you know uh people invest in the stock market and then when their shares don't go up a million dollars within a week they get really discouraged but the true value in any kind of investment is is as over time and things compound you have to take this long-term view and and realize that yeah. <laughs> as long as you make considered, you know, decisions and put in the work, if you, if you work hard and you treat people not, I said this is this was my like kind of three <laughs> the three keys to success is, is how I frame it. Work hard, be nice to people. Uh, actually, that's two. That's all you need. Those two. Talent talent comes in there as well. <laughs> but I'd say. It's not even that important, you know. If you go into any industry and you, you work hard and you treat people well, it will be pretty hard to fail. You know, yeah, you might yeah. not it, throw some talent in the mix. That's great. You'll you'll make leaps and leaps. Yeah. But I would say it's more <laughs> just about just consistent work and uh, forming good relationships with people, other photographers, and the industry and clients. And you don't even oh, have yeah, to definitely. be it's a networking that great. Thing at your job, whatever industry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and nice you speak about you try hard. the challenges of, uh, you know, seeing others do well and, and you're comparing yourself to them. I think the broader kind of uh, factor in there is social media as well because now more than ever, oh, yeah. it's easy to compare yourself to what everyone's doing. And as we all know, social media is the highlight reel. And those very people that you're looking at and thinking, wow, why, why am I not you know, doing as well as this person? But in all likelihood, they are probably struggling as well. And what they're showing. Yeah, and you just you you never know, see and that. And that's a, the hardest thing about social media. Yeah, and there's an incentive 
built in to only show the successful side of your career. Uh, obviously, as a photographer, you're you're advertising yourself every time you put something out on social media. So you're not going to put something out saying, "Hey, I'm really struggling, and I'm I don't think I'm making it as a photographer." You don't want a client to see that. You don't want uh, someone who who's potentially going to yeah, hire yeah. you to say, "Let's check out this person. They seem like they have good work." All right, what's this? They're failing. <laughs> at their job maybe not yeah so yeah. no one's yeah there's not much of a motivation to to show the harder side of things so you have to realize that anything anyone puts out there it's 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 like an advertisement really for yourself yeah so how is it to uh build your business and to have grown up in this industry as social media has taken over in this hyper social media world i mean for most of my colleagues uh they they probably established their careers fairly well by the time social media has really become infused with our daily lives so social media in a way has been something to adjust to it's been something to learn uh but it it hasn't been everything you know and you, you can kind of use social media to enhance, you know, how you reach people. But in terms of establishing yourself, largely already done before social media. And that's what's different with people uh, starting their careers now or in that emerging phase as, as you are. Um, what's it like? I imagine it sucks because I hate social media <laughs> and have it be everything yeah. would be very difficult. How is it? Yeah, because it, it's so it's so so hard. Like I remember talking to Matt about it a couple of months ago, and I'm just like, like I have not established myself. Like I have no followers and everything like that. And he just said to me, it doesn't like it doesn't matter how many followers you are. It's about what you produce, and if you can target a little bit of people, then then that's what really matters. But it is definitely really hard, especially when. You've just come onto the platform properly when you're trying to form a business and there's already millions, like thousands of people on there that are doing the exact same thing and you're like, how can I stand out among that? And I think before social media, it probably would have been less apparent that you've got all of these people um, in the industry that you're competing against because you're not visually seeing it on one tiny screen. So I think as a young person trying to get in there, Unless you go viral on TikTok or something like that, and like it's so hard to get noticed and for to get followers and everything like that. And I think just like getting in your head about comparing yourself to other people, social media is that rabbit hole that a lot of young people unfortunately find themselves in thinking, why am I not producing this? Why am I not this good? Why do I not have this many followers or likes or stuff like that? So it's really hard to break through that, especially growing up. And that's all you've ever really known. Like we've, as a young person, like 18, all I've ever known is my social media and people posting stuff and people texting each other and not being as present in the moment as possible. And I think it's just, it's such a hard thing. It's so hard. And I definitely still really struggle with that. Like I think I've got, I think I've got 1,200 followers on Instagram. Like I'm not established at all. People don't know my name, but it's just, it's trying not to fall down that thing of the spiral of, oh, 
shit, I don't have these many followers. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Like, it's it's really, really difficult. Really, really difficult. But it's good, I think, because I've noticed that I my audience is a lot of young people, especially um, around this area. And I've gone, okay, well, like if I'm not targeting global people, then I'm going to target the people that I'm around. So I've used my social media more as a thing of trying to be more raw to my audience and saying like, four years ago, oh my gosh, I was struggling so much. I didn't think I would be able to be here. Two weeks ago, I was struggling this much and I didn't think I would be here, but it's about pushing through and not giving up. Like that's the most important thing is there's highs and lows. And I think being present on social media and showing like what it's actually about, like that's the best thing you can do. Like I'm it's so it's so difficult i can't even that's only like the top tip of the iceberg of how hard social media is for a young person it's so hard i mean i find it difficult to navigate as well so i can't imagine what it's like being a young person and having just having social media just be an all-encompassing thing and all you've ever known and you talk about yeah, you know, people going viral, and that's that's a whole other thing, you know. And you see, I, oh, yeah. do do you think how much does that factor in? Do do you or the the people that you uh, work with, or the people you've met through Red Straps, mm-hmm. is that something that you guys have to think about and consider? Do you guys talk about, you know, how do I go viral? Do I need to come up with some crazy idea, or do I need to do something? A little bit cringy that maybe I don't want to do, but I know it will get a million views on TikTok. Is that something you guys factor in? Not really. Personally, I don't. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Like I'll, I'll on TikTok. Like I've got it, so I can look at photographers or cute like dog videos or something like that. But like that side of it, I think is more of a younger generation thing, and it's. I think now as well, TikTok is an established social media. Like it's, there's so many people on there. So it's even then it's hard to get viral on. So it's kind of like, I think it's more like YouTube and stuff like that. You want to get viral on for personally, for me, I would love to get heaps of views so I could attract heaps of people to watch, like to notice who I am. But it's, it's so hard. Like I personally, I've given up on that whole, the pipe dream of, going viral and getting all these views on my videos and magically receiving all these people overnight saying, <laughs> wow, you're, like, you're so good. I think it's just, it would be as well more beneficial as that hard work and trying to get through. But I do know a lot of people who have tried that and it, it hasn't worked. Like people are more interested in dancing videos on TikTok or <laughs> pictures of, well, videos exactly. of people Speaking DIYing from... or something like that. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience, I have uh, gone viral a couple times in my career. One was because I dressed up as Steve Aoki (laughs) and ran around pretending to be him. The other time was I got uh, when I got kicked in the (laughs) face by a little girl. That's that's my most popular video ever on on YouTube and Facebook. And and you know the other thing, and this is not really going viral, but in terms of public visibility, I was on a reality show as well a few years ago, and people always ask me, 
wow, after you were on Survivor and you were on TV, did you get <laughs> tons more work? You must have, you know, your business must have gone crazy. And the answer is, of course, I've, I've gained zero, zero jobs from being on Survivor. It has nothing to do with photography at all. Nobody is watching me on a reality show and thinking, oh, great, you know, I like him on TV. He must be an amazing <laughs> photographer and I'm going to hire him. No one's doing that. And I think it's the same with, you know, trying to go viral or trying to gain popularity through, you know, doing crazy things or, or, or trendy things. It might get you some followers. It might get some eyeballs on you, but not not from the people that are going to hire you, not, for, not from anybody that yeah, yeah. actually will make a difference in your career. So, uh, you know, it does have its benefits. I guess having a name on social media um, does help sometimes. Have I personally, you know, landed photography jobs because I have a, a higher following than a different photographer, probably, that has probably happened. Um, but I think that's more about just having a presence on social media and, and not, not trying yeah, yeah. To, to just follow the trends and do something silly and, and humiliating just to get the eyeballs on you. <laughs> yeah. I need to look up those videos when um when we finish this podcast so I can mm. have a look at how well, I'm, I'm fairly sure if you Google you something <laughs> not people know this part. But it went pretty crazy that video and I got contacted by um licensing agencies and somebody wanted to license that video from me and I said, Sure, why not? And didn't really think anything of it. And what happens is they have the rights to that video now and then they sell that to fail.com and like like a funniest home videos kind of thing. And they have spread that video yeah, all yeah. around the world. And every few months, I get, a, I get like a couple hundred dollars in my PayPal from the proceeds of them blasting wow. it out. So, you know, maybe there is some benefits to going viral, especially if it's you getting hurt on camera. You know, it's it's netted me a bit of cash. <laughs> Maybe I need to try that. You know, I'll tell you career path for everybody out there. Um, I mean, it will cost you your dignity as well. But hey, everything's for sale but, but in 2020. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. May as well. That's what happens if COVID happens again. I'll be like, yep, someone, I need to get a kid to kick me in the face, put it on social media, sell it to someone, and then that would be my income. Well, you could argue that 2020 is the metaphorical kick in the face that we all got. Exactly. You were the symbol of 2020 right there. <laughs> I want to talk about the business side of things because that's something that's really hard to navigate for any freelancer or sole trader but especially as a young person how has mm -hmm. that been how is it working out finances and marketing and all that kind of stuff well it's been really really hard especially because I've started photography and videography as my first job so like learning about tax don't even get me started on tax. I lose so, I did not realize how much money businesses lose on tax. So much money. Like, that's insane. That's just crazy. So finance has been really hard. And especially, I think, 
getting gear and, and wanting to upgrade to sort of um, suit my abilities and skills and get better at everything and getting more lenses and a different camera and everything like that. Like that R5, I've been eyeing that off for the past six months, just going, that is what I need. But to be able to get that money and get the jobs and stuff like that, to be able to get that is just so, like it's so hard, especially being young. And also I think it's the same thing of seeing other people, like their business is so successful and not knowing how to get there and trying to navigate it yourself is really really difficult so I think that's really hard but in terms of marketing like I don't really attract much audience but I think I know how to market myself because I just like the project that I've done I just pumped that out and just posted so much about it and like I'm constantly going through all of these Facebook groups and stuff like that and advertising myself and on social media and stuff like that so I try my hardest particularly the marketing stuff but it's starting a business young and to be that freelancer and sole trader is just so difficult especially if you don't have that prior knowledge as well is there anything that you're doing to learn more about that other people that you approach can you can you talk to your red straps mentors about this yeah so i'm constantly bouncing ideas off the red straps people and saying oh my i'm struggling with this like how are you going with this or do you understand this but like I talked to Matt so much, I feel so bad for him because our program was last year, but I'm still constantly messaging him going, Matt, oh my God, I don't know what to do about this. What can you help? So he's been an incredible help as well. But I think, um, yeah, people that I've met through, especially the wedding industry, and that's probably the thing I struggle with the most is that. And like people that I've second shot, second shot for or like people that photographers or something like that that I've met through there and I link up with them after they've helped me so much with that and to be able to I think being young and to be able to have already networked a lot of people and met a lot of people is just really helpful because I can bounce off ideas and learn from their mistakes at a younger age. The wedding industry is a pretty tough one to crack into like regardless so I was wondering do you think you face even extra hurdles being a young person in that industry? Yeah, definitely. Like being a young person is one thing, but being a young female is a completely another level because I know that there's not many female videographers in the industry that I know of or that I've met. So it's really, really, really difficult. And I think coming onto a job and getting hired, like, on my social media when people hire me they don't they don't know a picture of me they have not seen a picture of me I've not told my age at all so I rock up and I'm like oh hi I'm Sienna like I'm shooting your wedding today I'm the videographer and they're like oh are you the assistant I said no I'm actually the shooter like I'm shooting your wedding I'm editing I'm shooting it and they're like oh okay and they look at me because because I look 12 like if you find a photo of me I look 12 but I'm actually 18 but even like starting at 16 was just so difficult because I know a lot of drunk comments were made throughout my first initial part of shooting and people saying oh like like are you seriously are you seriously a videographer like your work can't be good and then I just hand my hand them the USB and say this is my wedding I shot for you enjoy and they go oh wow 
that's so good for someone that looks like that. I'm like, yes, yeah, my work like is not defined by my age or my gender at all. So it's just, it has been really, really hard. And there have been a lot of people that have seen photos of me and then gone, actually, no. And actually withdrew, like withdrew from getting me to shoot their wedding wow. because of so much doubt. So it's definitely a dampener and very unmotivating. But I just, my biggest thing is at the end of it, when I hand them my work and I show them what I can do, it's such a good feeling because they're like, oh, wow, you actually did that. And you're that age and you look like that and you're a female. So it, it has been very, very difficult being a young female in that industry, but it's amazing feeling proving people wrong and showing no I can yeah I can this. imagine it must be very frustrating coming across those moments I remember being on set like quite early on in my career being on a <laughs> film set and doing stills for the film and uh just being yeah not being treated uh very respectfully um you know and sometimes I would I would be in a uh, in a certain angle to get a shot and and somebody would make a comment uh about you know, what are you doing? That's, that's not going to be a good shot and things like that. And I think the best thing to do is what you've, what you've already described, which is you just let the work speak for itself. You know, you just say, all right, you can think whatever you want to think right mm -hmm. now uh, and just wait till you see, wait till you see and wait till you come groveling back later yeah, on. Yeah. I'm going to be the one that has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Very true. I want to talk to you about your, your the project that you're working on at the moment, which is how we first kind of got in touch and how I saw your work was was through you telling me about this project. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's called You're Not Indigenous. Can you tell me all about that? Mm -hmm. So this is the project that I did for my HSC major this year. And basically a little backstory is so I'm Indigenous and on my dad's side. So I've always received a lot of comments because I'm more light skin than the typical indigenous person and that stereotype that is around and the stigma. So a lot of people have always said, oh, like you're too pretty to be indigenous. You're not indigenous. You don't look indigenous. You're too white to be indigenous. All these comments and all this kind of stuff. So I've dealt with that my whole entire life. And there's been a lot of comments about oh, you're only claiming you're Indigenous to get those benefits from the government that we apparently all receive. We're apparently getting houses and cars and free education and all that, which is just, oh, don't even get me started. But so I wanted to make this project that can sort of connect with the community, especially where I live. I've got a lot of light-skinned Indigenous people here. Like we live on the coastal region up in northern New South Wales. So I know a lot of people have also experienced that. So this project is um, a collection of 60 images and it's 15 by 4 and it's a scale of dark to light of all the Indigenous people. So when you step back from this project, you see this scale of the colours of Indigenous people and what an Indigenous person actually looks like because a lot of people think that that Indigenous stereotype is just brown skin, broad nose, brown eyes, but it's not. There's so much diversity in the community. So this project was just emphasising the diversity and I met so many people in the community who just bonded with me over this lifelong struggle of not being Indigenous enough or dark enough. 
So it's just, yeah, it's the diversity in the community and I want to be able to expand this project eventually to make it a thing where I can travel around Australia and photograph all these people because these portraits are literally just someone's, someone's face from shoulders above with a white background and it's for the audience to be able to look at it and go, oh, you're in, like you're indigenous, you're indigenous, and slowly break that stigma and educate non-indigenous indigenous people about what an indigenous per, indigenous person actually looks like and how hurtful these micro racism comments are actually. Well, it sounds like an incredible project. How has it been received? Oh, it's been amazing. I like I also submitted audio of um, comments that indigenous people actually receive um, about their skin color, which was. A lot of, I've received a lot of photos of different people crying about how emotionally connected they were to that, to that whole project because it really pulls on the emotional heartstrings of people who have experienced it, but also people who have actually said comments like that and not realising how hurtful that is because Indigenous people who are light-skinned often feel like they aren't Indigenous because they're not dark enough or they don't look it enough so it's that little the little group in between where you kind of feel like you don't belong so it really brought the community together especially where I live and I've been able to connect with these people outside of this project and sort of just discuss what it's like what we can do as a community but I received such an amazing response to the project and so many people thought it was such a powerful and moving project. So I was so It sounds like it. it sounds like an incredible project and I'm I'm so glad that it's been received well and that you've pushed through with it. And I think it's I think there's an incredible potential to expand it even further and not only reach the community that you're photographing but also the wider community, as you said, and, and, and start to change minds and remove stigmas, yeah, yeah. Um, which is like a, a very admirable goal of any project. Especially because I just, I, my goal of this whole, pro- whole project is more so to educate that community and not only make it something that people can connect to, but also something that people can learn from visually because it's one thing to read a massive article, but to actually visualise it and see that, massive difference of diversity in that community like we went from really dark to really really light and people who viewed it that I saw viewed it were just like oh my gosh I never would have expected that and it's not something that people should just judge off so to educate the community is just my ultimate goal of this whole project one last question where do you see yourself in five years or where do you hope to see yourself So ideally, I'd love to be able to sort of move into that travel industry and be able to capture beautiful photos and videos in the travel industry. But I would love to be able to have expanded my project in five years time and reaching more people and a bigger audience for that purpose of educating the wider community, but hopefully happy and creating work that I love and creating work ideally that I can show my children in the future and say this was my life like that's the thing I love so much about videography and photography it's that thing that you can look back on and with videos experience and feel that emotion that you felt then so 
ideally happy and producing amazing work and just working, still working with Canon, I would absolutely love that. But meeting more people and being inspired and just producing beautiful work, that's what all I really want. Meeting inspiring people, creating beautiful work. I think that's all any of us hope to achieve with photography. So you're on the right track. I can tell you that you're doing (laughs) so many things right at the moment and I'll run through them. The project you just mentioned, uh, amazing. (laughs) So important to work on personal projects and put these and not only do them for positive change but to also build bodies of work that people can look back on and and know you for and recognize your name because of that project i love how you've involved community both the photography community in the res Japs program but the community through your photography work and this project because they those are the people who will uh support you and and now they all know about you and they and they and when they need a photographer or when they need to suggest somebody to work on something, they know you and they trust you. Also great. I love that how you have mentors both through restaurant yeah. programs and, you know, the wider community. Uh, you know that social media isn't everything and that going viral isn't everything. That level mm. of awareness, amazing. <laughs> uh, and you know that the hard work is, is mm. the key to everything you know in not social media it's all about the hard work so those are the reasons why i think you'll be very successful and it's amazing that at such a young age it's like i, I keep forgetting Thank that you're you. 18 throughout this conversation you have a, a level of self-awareness that is far beyond your years and let's give a quick shout out to your mentors in the red stripes programs can you, can you tell me who they are again thank you and shout out to matt Cherubino and aaron bush for helping me with uh, the Red Straps program and even Canon for adopting that program and giving young creators like me such an amazing opportunity to expand our work and our skills. So thank you so much for having me and thank you, Canon. That was 18-year-old videographer and photographer Sienna Kitchener. You can find her work online across social media where her name is Sienna Kaya, K-Y-H-A. Or we'll have the links to her work in the podcast description. See you next time.